Koshkast. Liverpool find Chelsea hazardous but rescue a point through Sturridge at the bridge. United go 3-5-2 but it provides no shelter from Anderson, while Pogba joins Salah in the awkwardly early substitute club. There are routine wins for the North London sides and Manchester City continue to have more possession than the kid in The Exorcist. Elsewhere, like an American on a gap year, we might dabble in some European adventures and you already know about Moo of the Week and Fraud or Goat. Run it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex and I'm joined by only Mr. Bernie Uche. There's only one Bernie Uche. <laughs> I think the second time I've chanted my own, it's uh, true. My own name. But I quite like it. Yeah, it's quite nice just, you know, you and I, Alex, getting to bond more yes. without the hurricane of Mahanen and, <laughs> and the typhoon of Roche, you know. Exactly. Typhoon Roche. Yeah, is this it's... apt after the tsunami? Is that like... Uh, you weren't referring to that, so it's fine. No, no, yeah, yeah, I thought of it though. Yeah, no, so like cup, cup of tea, some chips and salsa, it's a lovely evening. Yeah. It's a lovely evening. Especially after you've spent a lot of it driving or attempting to drive across town. <laughs> which, if you know anything about Toronto, is not a fun thing to do. Yes, we need better transit. Um, Keith Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, right, I, I don't mean to do this. I mean, you just got here, your mood is, is improving. However, mm-hmm. West Ham United 3. Manchester United won. Before, before we start, mm. I'll say this. You caught me at a good time because I was on um, We Are The Busby Boys podcast with Tyler ah, yeah. just an hour ago and I was mad. I was fear because he literally took, gave, gave me 20 minutes to just go off Ooh. about United and about Mourinho and then I felt a lot better. Like I had a lot of stress <laughs> on my back this whole day and things on my mind and just let it, let it go. I felt better. So now I'm not as angry. I can talk about this in a structured With way. With a rational way. Yeah, although I might get angry during the course of it. I kind of hope so. <laughs> uh, and I can't wait to listen to that rant, by the way. So we'll post it on the Twitter. Um, the Twitter. Yes. We'll post it on the Twitter machine. <laughs> um, okay, even if you're not completely insane with anger, uh, tell, give me your thoughts on, on this West Ham game. Because to me, the first thing that came to my head was... When I watched Mourinho's Chelsea completely unfold mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, every week I would say, or I would think, it can't get worse. Right. They're going to turn it around at some point. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the week. And then it never did. Mm-hmm. It, it just unraveled completely. And United, the last few weeks, seem to be doing the same thing. Yes. I keep thinking it has to get better, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you. This was... A dereliction of duty. Ooh, that's 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 how I, I saw this from the manager to the players. I blame everybody for this, but the buck stops at the manager's doorstep, and and I'll explain why. He made it abundantly obvious this time. I'm watching this game, and I look at it, and I went, "What formation mm-hmm. is this?" Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't understand what he was was doing, and then I counted the midfielders, and I said, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> and then you start to see things take shape. And until the first goal was when I really got, got a grip of what was happening. And so I like was Scott, five minutes in or whatever it yeah, was? Yeah. Scott McTominay playing at centre-back. Horrendous. I didn't... Firstly, that goal, yes, it was offside. Sure. Fine. But the reason the referee was allowed to make a mistake was because McTominay was not holding the line. Also, also, it just in principle, if you've let Pablo Zabaleta run in behind your defence, something is, something is deeply off. Because the man is like... Deeply off. He's like a hundred-year-old horse. Yes. 
it was it was uh, it was a shame. It was a disgrace. And he did this thing with Ander Herrera playing in a back three against Tottenham. You could say it kind of worked for first half, and then second half it all went to shit. Where his positioning again was called into question. But how can I blame a sentiment fielder for poor defensive positioning when they've never done that before? Like being, I've I've played in a back four with a coach who drilled us on how to do the offside trap. Mm. And it takes a lot of work because you have to have one guy looking across the lines all the time to, and push everyone out. It's, it's very hard to do if you've never done it before. Were you that guy? I was that guy. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. But this wasn't George Graham, was it? Who was <laughs> His name was Terry. <laughs> but, Terza. But not Venables. He was English, though, yeah? He was English, yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course he very was. Very English. Yeah. When in doubt, kick it out? Uh... Yes. Yeah. There was no tiki-taka, no. really. No, no, no. But I thought he was a good coach. Mohamed fell out with him because he wanted more defensive work from <laughs> Of course. Of course. Uh, you've got to have your Adele Tarats on your team. Um, yeah, I, I thought I thought the McTominay thing was, was ridiculous. It, it, was, it seemed like one of those decisions where Mourinho's just trying to piss people off. Yes. Like, he doesn't really care anymore and he's just trying to piss people off. Especially when you've got Bailly on the bench... Now, Bailly's been benched for the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. uh, but unless he's resting him for Valencia, this was just mental. It made, it made no sense to me. And, and the other thing is, he then said that he played Anthony Martial because the fans had been going off for months about Martial playing over Sanchez. By the way, Martial played a lot better than what Sanchez has done all season in this game, while not being great. But then he said... He, he put him as a second striker mm-hmm. because he doesn't do enough defensive work, so he let him off by playing him as a striker. Why can't you just leave it alone? I, I just... Every, every time he talks about Martial, there's an agenda. Yep. And this doesn't help if you're trying to rally the troops. I don't think this helps. You already have Alexis Sanchez who was playing poorly and the source of Martial's frustration. Now he's upset Martial further, but... In leaving Sanchez out, he's upset Sanchez. So now your whole left wing is messed up. Well, not only that, but as you said, when he made that statement about the fans calling for Martial, he said, now it's time for me to agree that Alexis hasn't been playing well enough. Yeah. So Alexis wasn't even on the bench. Yeah. Bro, like, he was in the stands. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he really is not... He's not take, you know, nurturing or taking care of his assets here at all. Um, he, he brought Pogba off on the 70th minute, which, fine, you, you're within your right to do, but if you already have a squad where people are upset, you're trying to, to build bridges, I don't think, like, firstly, taking off Lindelof instead of McTominay helps Lindelof's confidence, Martial's confidence, Sanchez is now absolutely in the sunken place, and then <laughs> Pogba's situation, I, I, don't, I don't see what he's trying to do here, I, I and it reflects on the pitch. I can't, who's left that is happy? Is the thing. I mean, I, Luke I heard Shaw. Luke, yeah, Luke Shaw only just. These are three years of absolute terror, and yeah. now he's all right. But I, I heard on the radio um, on Five Live that Mata and Matic um, are the ones in the squad who a knew Mourinho from before, mm-hmm. and a, and b are the ones who are trying to unite the squad, almost like a you know, I know you don't like him, but we've got to do this for each other yeah. kind of unifying vibe, uh, and it's clearly not working. Although it's nice of them to try. One other thing that that Mourinho uh, said after the game was he praised... He had a dig at his own club, Mm -hmm. the scouting structure, and I guess Woodward, when he praised West Ham scouts for finding Issa Diop. Now, (laughs) there are a couple of things here. Mm -hmm. One is, 
like not to toot my own horn, but I knew about Issa Dion like 18 <laughs> months ago, okay? Like, there are people on Twitter that could, like, find these players for you in seconds. Yeah. The other thing is, yeah, Issa Diop has had, like, two good games now. His first three games were horrendous. Hmm. And however exciting and new he is, Eric Bailly is better than him. Yeah. So, like, what are you on about? Like, Eric honest Bailly to God. really is better than him. And, and what, what is really interesting about that is, he said, he thanked the scouts, he said, you should thank the scouts for found him. If they presented you with, if Manchester United presented you with Issa Diop, you still would have gone to Woodward and said, give me 75 minutes like Harry Maguire. Yes. Or Toby Alderweire. That's yes. what he would have done. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a non-starter whatsoever anyway. But let's let's get on to the game and give West Ham some props because they mm. started off four losses in a row and now they've got seven points out of the last nine. Yeah, Pellegrini has found a system. Um, it wasn't hard for him to realize that Wilshire. Wilshire, well, Wilshire big getting injured has clearly been the blessing in disguise here, mm-hmm. but also going to a three-man midfield, um, as we talked about last week. And the front three have, have started to click. Arnautovic is playing very, very well. Um, Yarmolenko, I find a weird player. As I've said, he's a winger without much pace, but he seems to be quite effective. He's a huge guy. Robin Light, perhaps? Or heavy. Which <laughs> 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 way you look at it. And then Felipe Anderson, who I was and I'm still a little wary of in that he was really good for Lazio a few years ago mm-hmm. and he had a couple of years where he was Van really... Van really wanted to sign him really? at that point. At Re- United. Oh yeah. There were lots of rumours about £40 million for him then. Instead of Depay? But, well, no, no. Depay was there. Okay. But the problem was his statistics didn't add no, <laughs> up at that's all. That's the thing. Um, so I, I'm pleasantly surprised to see how well he's doing but mm. I'm, I'm not sold just mm. yet. Um, on on Arnautovic... He's he really is the focal point of their attack, and he's doing very very well. And the Mourinho supporters, which are of, the, of which there are very few, say that Mourinho desired, wanted to sign Arnautovic in the summer, and scouted him. And some fans ridiculed that as nonsense. And now they're saying, look at that, look at that. We could have he did backed up and given the competition. And I just think, well, firstly, I still don't want Arnautovic, but secondly. Everyone Mourinho has signed has gone to trash. Yeah. So I don't I don't even trust that he would make Arnautovic good anyway. He seems like the kind of character that might align with Mourinho's vibe, his spikiness. Um, that said, he also seems like someone who needs to play. Yes. The reason he's playing well at West Ham is he's playing in a proper position. He's playing every week. Mm-hmm. And I feel like him coming on as a sub is probably not. No. Not gonna get no. the best out of him. No. Um, let's. So yes, West Ham were very good. The goals were lovely. Um, Rashford's goal, though, was, was very good. Yes. We'll go kind of unnoticed because United was so trash, but that was a brilliant finish. Absolutely brilliant finish. Shows he's still... And after Mohamed had said he's not that not that good, um, which is interesting. I mean, this doesn't resolve that case. No, it doesn't because Mohamed has an agenda <laughs> and nothing resolves his agenda. If you know anything about Mohamed and Rakitic, you will know that is true. But still, very good goal from a talented kid. I wonder if he should play more. Maybe that would give you something, give us something interesting. Well, he doesn't do enough defensively, so you have to play 3 5 2. So. <laughs> I know. I'm was, I hate this man. I know. Um, anything else on this one? Um, no. No. I'll, I'll just okay. say on Tyler's pod, I reignited my desire to see Lauren Blanc take over. Okay. And not Zidane, who people seem to be hot about. I mean, let's talk about that just for a second. Zidane would be uh, exciting. Yes. One wonders whether he needs more raw materials. Just because the only situation in which we've seen him succeed is with basically the best squad in the world, or one of them. Yes. I, I, I'm of the opinion that this Manchester United squad is good. 
I agree. And I think they're good enough to be potentially quarterfinalists in the Champions League. Sure. And potentially to push on, on their best day to push City. I think City will still beat them, by the way, even at their best. But to push City to a eight-point gap or something like that in the league. I think that's that, that's all we would expect right now. And that's, that is a good team. Mm. Pogba, Martial, Lukaku, if he can get a first touch. You still have Bailly and Lindelof, who I think are good um, good players. By the way, De Gea saved United for so many years, and now he's having a regular season, and it's all showing. So you give Zidane that guy, it's a good team there. But Zidane, I'm still not sure what his actual manager ability is, <laughs> despite three seems, and titles. It seems mental, but yeah. there you go. Some people still question Modric, so yeah. Mm. Swings around. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> don't look at me like that. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Chelsea, Liverpool. Um, so they played in the League Cup last week, mm-hmm. and Chelsea won, uh, which I think was was maybe quite a, a, a solid psychological boost mm-hmm. for Chelsea because Sari this season has been saying we're not there yet, we're not at that level. Liverpool are a step above, um, and I think maybe beating them, even though it was a mixed team mm-hmm. on both sides, has provided them some confidence. And Sarri, actually, this is quite cute, said um, after this game that Chelsea are closer than he thought to mm-hmm. Liverpool mm-hmm. to be able to being able to match them. Do you, do you think that's true? I think on the evidence of this game, I would I would agree. I I mean, closer means we probably thought Chelsea were going to finish fourth, and Liverpool would really push City, and there would be like a fifteen point spread. Right. They they are closer than that. I think when you have Eden Hazard playing the way he's playing, that is a Scary player. I don't mm-hmm. care who you are. You can't. First, you can't get the ball off him. No, he bums you off if he doesn't <laughs> dribble you anyway. But I mean, in the League Cup, his goal was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's just a shame it was in the League Cup because that was sensational. It, it really was. The moment for me that actually of the whole thing that I loved the most was not him beating all the men and like smashing it into the corner. It was when he laid it out wide. I can't remember who who it was to. I think the right fullback who yeah. was playing there and. There wasn't really any reason for the guy to give it straight back to him. Yeah. But he just absolutely demanded it back. He's like, I'm, I'm on to something here. Give mm-hmm. it back. Mm-hmm. Love that. And I think that's what um, a bunch of us have been clamoring for from Hazard to take this team and say, this is my team. Mm. Give me the ball. S- similar things to what Messi, Ronaldo, you know, the best that you expect him to be. They want the ball all the time and make things happen. And that's what he's doing. Mm. Now, I don't know what Sarri has done to get under his skin. Maybe it was just that he needs to sack another manager. Like, maybe what Hazard does. I don't know. But. Maybe. But I, I think there's something, about, there's something about this which is important, which is that if you think about the last two managers Hazard had before Sarri, it was Conte and Mourinho, yeah, yeah. right? Neither of them are big on laissez-faire, let the players play. Mm. They're very big on organization, structure, work hard, don't concede, etc. Now, Hazard, I'm not saying he didn't have freedom to play, mm-hmm. under, at least under Conte. Mm. But Sarri, his vision for the game is much more aligned with players like Hazard. Yeah. He's much more, let's keep the ball, let's play fast, let's play wide. You, know, you can see why Hazard would feel better with a manager like Sarri and thus play better. Right? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, it, and it's fantastic. And what is broad is Sarri ball shows that you can actually change team very, very quickly. Like this team believes in themselves. Sure, it's it's really fun to watch, and I'm I'm excited by this Ingolo Conte playing further up the field <laughs> thing. It's strange. I'm yeah. not sure it works perfectly, but I'm here to see it, and I'm okay yeah, with that. that. That's fair. I'd, I'm not 
convinced it gets it makes the most out of his attributes really mm -hmm. uh, but it certainly gets the best out of Jorginho and if your whole thing is keeping the ball and, and dominating possession Jorginho I think has the most passes in the league yeah he's just killing it something like in history in one game or something I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know <laughs> like he's, Every, everything he's is breaking records already yeah so like if that's your most valuable piece in your setup then mm -hmm. you accommodate it mm -hmm. however you do something I wanted to pick up on I want to get your thought on this is we saw after the game Sari and Klopp having a very friendly hug. Mm -hmm. Now, this is Chelsea against Liverpool, potential title rivals, both massive clubs, so rivals regardless. And Liverpool scored in the 89th minute with that fantastic storage goal, or close to it, right? Yeah. So you'd think, like, if that had, if that had been Conte or Mourinho or many other managers, they'd have been furious. Mm-hmm. And they probably wouldn't have wanted to have a, a you know an amicable hug with Jurgen Klopp at that point. Sure, probably. Sure, sure, right? sure. This, but sorry, there's something about the way that, that Guardiola and Klopp interact, and now the way that Sari and Klopp interact, and probably will be with Sari and Guardiola because mm. we know they like each other. Mm. There's a group and a generation of managers now that want to see the game played in a certain way mm -hmm. and appreciate that about other managers. I, I think that there's a level of collegiality mm -hmm. going on amongst a certain group that we didn't see before, whereas we used to have mind games mm -hmm. and snide comments, and that I'm wondering if that has died out and whether maybe Conte and Mourinho were the last two. Perhaps. I, I would say the, the feeling of a, a respectable, dry, entertaining, drawn, two managers appreciating that, I don't think that's new. I think I've seen that under Ferguson. I've seen it with Mourinho, by the way, and which is shocking, but he does tend to be a nice guy, especially when the team loses. It's interesting. Mm. And he, he's almost nicer. It's very, very weird. But I've seen, I've seen that in the past. But yes, I do feel like there is a difference in these are managers who just want to create art. Mm. That, and that's what I feel. And I think artists respect artists. But believe me, Jurgen Klopp, especially if, he, if he's not happy with... If, if that was, say, a beautiful game, but it was a refereeing decision that cost them, you would not see that I, from I, Jurgen. I don't disagree. Klopp has has been on numerous occasions a massive dick when yes. when Liverpool when things haven't gone their maybe way. Maybe sorry would do it. We'll we'll have to wait and, and see. Yeah, or if he didn't have a smoke for a while, like yeah. maybe it'd be different. But what I'm saying is, they won't. I don't think they'll they'll say things about each other. No, no I don't no. think there's mind games. I think they might be difficult and they might be mm -hmm. upset and they might be angry with the referees or the media or what have you but I don't think there's that same let's try and sabotage each other agree kind of agree I, I agree with that on I, I do want to mention um, Daniel Sturridge has scored two blinders in the space of three days yes yes and yes 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 Mo he did miss an open net oh, whatever although that has no bearing on the final result like if he misses the open goal it probably doesn't score the bias okay it's just logic but he scored two blinders, and I tend to think the second one's better than the first one. I agree. Oh, I agree. It was, oh, massively. It was out of... What gives you the nerve? <laughs> like, who are you, Daniel Sturridge, to take that? That was a scintillating strike, and I was so impressed by that, and more impressed because Salah... I don't think he came on for Salah. No, I think Shakiri came on for Salah. Yeah. But Shakiri, Salah went off very early. Shakiri missed a sitter mm. in this game. But... So when your talisman Salah isn't playing very well, and he hasn't all season playing very well, Daniel Sturridge has been coming off the bench and fighting for his place and giving us results. 
whatever Jurgen Klopp has done to get him back into into form, that is wonderful coaching. I give him a lot of credit for that. But Daniel Sturridge for having the mental toughness to do that is great. And Liverpool functioning without Salah is great. Yeah. But I'm. It was what I said about Liverpool before. Is this stretch will prove how good they are, and. I don't think they played very all that well in this game until the last 20 or so minutes when they decided, ooh, we need to put some chances in here. They threw everything at them yeah. towards the end. And yeah. I think that's something to be watchful of. They they really need to prove how good they are in this stretch. Who did Liverpool have in the Champions League this week? Isn't it Napoli? I think so. Yeah, Napoli away. Yeah, so I, yeah, that, that I, would be a big test. I think they'll probably win that one, though. But They should. It's a strong, it's a strong test, yeah. for sure. But just on, on your Sturridge point, it, it is inter- what's interesting to me is what has changed. Mm-hmm. Because Klopp has been there for, what, three years? Mm-hmm. And the first two years, Sturridge was there, mm-hmm. but it, he was unfit, or Klopp didn't care, or didn't seem to have any faith in him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, he barely featured, really. And so, yeah, it's just interesting. I wonder if we'll ever find out whether it was a change in one of their attitudes mm-hmm. or both. But something's happened, here, and it's great. Here, here's a question. We're, we're talking about, and I think we have a lot of people that want us to do more Liverpool content, so I want to ask a big question here. Uh, we, we, we've heard the things of Pochettino not winning a trophy, and mm. yada, 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 whatever. Liverpool have shown a lot of progress, and that's, I mean, you get to Champions League final, let's, let's not yeah. stuff about that. But they've now spent, is it a world record fee? Of Alisson, or is that Kepa now as well? It's now Kepa, but yeah. yeah it, it was, same thing, it was pretty a much. humongous feat. Yes. They spent a huge amount of money on Van Dijk. Fa- Virgil van Dijk. Keita Salah was, wasn't that big, but Keita was a big amount of money, and Salah is supposed to be a top 10 player in the world now. Whatever. Yep. You see that. Fabinho is a, like 40 million is pretty normal these days, but still a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of money that they've spent recently. Now, I'm not concerned about the outlay, but. If you put that together with the amount of time Klopp has been here and all the goodwill that he's gained <clears throat> and reaching a Champions League final, if they don't win a trophy this year, is that problematic for Liverpool? Because it seems like that's what they're putting all this money in there for. Yeah, you can't, you can't spend the money they've spent in the last two, three years and, and not have your ambition be winning things. Absolutely not. They're like, their ambition has to be with the money they spent. Their ambition has to be winning the Champions League, mm. has to be winning the league. And I say I wouldn't normally say their ambition has to be the Champions League, but they got to the final last year. So, so there's no, so and they've improved yeah. their squad. So no reason you can't try for that now. Right. I don't think anyone would expect them to beat City to the title, but they're expected to challenge, and I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, is it problematic if they don't? They're not going to sack Klopp if they don't. No, they won't. Nothing's going to change. They might not spend the same kind of money again. Mm-hmm. They might think, well, we gave you this this money and not that much changed. Mm-hmm. So maybe... But that kind of circles I, I back on itself. It, I think as long as Klopp is still a likable person, which <laughs> by all accounts he is, especially within the club, it's not a problem in that sense. But at some point, ownership wants a return on their money. Yeah. A return on, on their investment, really. And if I just feel if you're... People, Spurs can get away with it because you can say they, didn't, they don't spend money and right. they didn't at all. And they're maybe not aiming for that type of thing, so maybe it's unfair to put that on Pochettino. Right. But Liverpool, this season is going to be the most important season that they've had in a long, long time. Yeah, I agree. And it'll be very interesting to see what the fallout is if they don't win something. Yeah. I mean, the question, the other thing is, like, it would be easy for them to, or relatively easy for them to go and win the FA Cup or go and win the League Cup. But no one's going to care about that. Mm-hmm. So do you kind of jack those trophies in 
and play your reserve teams in those trophies, which are easiest to win. And then you can say, ha, we've won something. And Klopp would definitely say, ha, ha, we won something. <laughs> um, you know, or do you put all your resources in the bigger trophies that you have a much less chance of, of winning? I'm a still much a big believer in winning. winning everything that, that you have in front of you. I'm, I'm still a believer in that. I don't, I'm not a believer in this idea of, oh, well, it's stressful. And mm. it's like, if you think that City are the favorites to win the league, then give yourself a respectable finish, push them all the way, and win an FA Cup. This club has not won a trophy in how many years now? I don't know. Is it is it going on almost ten years now? No, they won a league cup under Kenny Dalglish. I mean, no one cares, but they what did. was that twenty ten or twenty eleven? So Around seven, six, seven years. That becomes an arsenal at that point. That becomes ten, eleven, twelve years. Like the the one thing that Mourinho has done is at least he's won trophies on a semi regular basis at United and got to finals. So he can walk away and say that, which you know that he will. Yeah. So you need to win things. I don't, I don't snuff at... You can't say, oh, winning FA Cup is not important if you're Liverpool. You, you don't have the right to say that. Yeah. So win that, have a good challenge, and do really well in the Champions League, and then you can build on that and win another one, another one, another one. Fair enough. All right, you heard it here first, Jürgen. You know what to do. <laughs> Let's do fraud or go. That's greatness. That's a goat. That's a guy you respect. Fraud. <laughs> All right, so we're back again with another edition of Fraud or Goat. Love it. This has been very popular, by mm-hmm. the way. It really has. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, we uh, caused debate amongst Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, to give you a recap, last week we did Thiago Alcantara and... Uh, fraud. Yes. I think we agreed on fraud. <laughs> the problem is, once we do this, the name gets associated in my head with the word yes. that I argued for. So if I see Alcantara... It's just fraud. Yeah, and the problem is now with James Rodriguez, he can have a great game, but I think he's a fraud. Like, even if I didn't wholly stand by that, which I actually did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in today's episode, uh, we are going to have a real humdinger of a debate here. Uh, Arsenal Twitter, please don't kill us, but it's his Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Yes. And uh, contrary to popular belief, I'm going GOAT. Okay, this isn't contrary to popular belief, though, because about oh 18 months ago... God. So I'm going to do this. Oh, God. About 18 months ago, you, like, your synapses fired something... <laughs> I don't know if you did not had enough sleep. You described Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang as the best striker in the world. Oh, my God. Okay, so... So, if anything, you're just being consistent. <laughs> I, that is, that's haunted me almost as much as when I said Soldado will be the top scorer in the Premier League. <laughs> He was for like a couple of weeks on pens. Yeah, on pens. That was that was a disgrace of, a, of an opinion, and I, and I I cannot forgive myself for that. <laughs> but the reason I said Aubameyang was the best striker in the world is because his goals ratio was unbelievable. I think at Dortmund, these these were his last three seasons. Okay, twenty four games, twenty one goals. Forty six games, forty goals. Forty nine games, thirty nine. And if you even go before that, forty six and twenty five. That is a sensational record that matches up with Luis Suarez, Lewandowski, and we're not talking about Ronaldo and Messi. And at this point, I still don't see them as strikers necessarily. So the strikers, his goal record really matches up with the best there is. So I said it also because I'm African and I felt that affinity <laughs> and there was a lot of Wakanda in me. Whatever. He's not, wasn't the best, but the guy's record speaks for itself. It is sensational. Okay. I don't disagree. The goal record is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't argue that it isn't. However, having seen him now at Arsenal for coming up to a year, yes. 
I am confident that it hit the goal record is because it was Bundesliga. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the oh, thing. God. Here's the thing. When you watch, when you there's there's an Eredivisie argument about the Bundesliga here because when you watch Pierre Emerick Aubameyang up close mm-hmm. and with regularity, mm-hmm. his technique is bizarre. He doesn't have much. He, the way he strikes a ball... Wasn't his first goal after like a chip over the keeper or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was Come against on. like Martin Stecklenburg or something. Like, <laughs> occasionally everyone does something right. No, I don't think he's bad, but his technique is... It's not deliberate. He, you can, he doesn't know what's about to happen, right? And, and, sure. and to me, the best strikers are very deliberate. They know exactly what they're trying to do and they do it. Aubameyang also started this season as the lone striker. Sure. What became very evident very quickly was that the role of lone striker, at least in the Premier League, was one that he was not able to do successfully. I'm sorry. He couldn't hold the I, ball I, I up. Can't, I can't have this. Him, yeah. He couldn't hold the ball up. Uh-huh. His link-up play was bad. Uh-huh. All he was able to do was run in behind. But that's now, all if you a team, need him to If do. a team gives you space to do that, great. But you know what they do against Arsenal and the, the good teams? They sit deep and you have nowhere to run. Okay, I'm about to defend Arsene Wenger here. And you know I think that's a ridiculous thing to do. Because in his first season in Arsenal, first half season, Aubameyang scored 10 goals in 14 games. Mostly from the left. I don't care where he scored them from, <laughs> but he scored them. Sure. Like, so, for, we're suggesting that a guy who scored, well, let me just do a quick math, 150 goals in 220 games. Good statistics. Between Dortmund and Arsenal, doesn't do it deliberately? Alex, even you know that is that is a terrible thing to say. I'm not saying he didn't score the goals deliberately. <laughs> You're saying <laughs> that's the aim of his life. <laughs> what I'm saying is, when you watch the moments in the game, he doesn't know what's going on necessarily. But you have to play to the strengths of who you have. So I'm not. I, if anything, Arsenal are doing him a disservice. If anything, Mesut Ozil's not doing his job by playing through balls. Into the path of Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Let's not be unfair and move and segue onto the Mesut <laughs> until we have the battle of the ages. Yes, I will do this. But that is—is is that not the situation? You would have thought, on paper, given their goal records, given the leagues they were playing in, Aubameyang would start up front over Lacazette. Yes, on paper. Yes, Lacazette has pushed him out of the way and is producing consistently very good all-round performances. He's, fini- he's finishing chances, he's, he's linking up the play, he's holding defenders This is the off. same Lacazette that missed a, a crucial one-on-one to tie the game against Tottenham. Listen, Lacazette will start missing chances. Let's not be crazy. Ain't nobody arguing that Lacazette is GOAT. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if Lacazette, who is a good striker but mm-hmm. not, a br- not a brilliant one, right. is forcing Aubameyang out of the team or to the left, Something is a bit off with okay, this guy. Let's, let, 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 me, let me put it this way, okay? Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is a victim of his own... Uh, Versatility. Versatility. He is lightning quick. He is lean. The man can play on the left like a winger and can play through the middle like a striker. If It's like, it's like you saying to me that Ensign Cavani is not GOAT because he got shifted to the left when Zlatan was around. I'm not comparing like that's left. I would never do that. Oh, I would Cavani. never do that. But one has more striker characteristics, and the other has more Thierry Henry characteristics. Yeah, but Thierry Henry was physical. Yeah, but Thierry Henry wasn't shirking a fight with a. With but a Thierry back. wasn't holding up the ball. Thierry was receiving the mm. ball in his path and curling them past the goalkeeper. That man did everything. Or running at the guy. That man did everything. Let's he, not limit what Thierry I mean, Henry did. He, he did, but he was not a hold-up player. That was not his game. I'm just saying. He never. He only scored one headed goal I ever saw. <laughs> but that was against my law. That may be true. 
Oh yeah, I remember it. Um, but Aubameyang does not want to engage the defenders. He doesn't want physical contact. And as a slight person myself, I completely understand that desire. Mm-hmm. But in the Premier League, you have to be able to do it. I'm just saying, if Mesa also did his job, you would be top of the league because Aubameyang would have scored tons of goals. Wow. Top, top of the league. We've got Mustafi. What? Let's leave it there. That's greatness. That's a goat. That's a guy you respect. Since we're already talking about Arsenal, we might as well go into Arsenal 2, Watford 0 um, at the Emirates, where Arsenal, I, I wouldn't call it, it's hard to call it a fortress because it's so quiet and stuff, but Arsenal don't two lose nil. their the, <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, the new chant. If anyone sang, that might be what they sing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but th- this was a weird game. This was a very weird game. Arsenal were not good. In fact, Watford had the better chances for mm-hmm. most of it. They controlled the, a lot of the, lot of the game. Um, and what was very clear about this one is that a, you know about Watford is that they're a very tall, physically powerful team. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of huge guys in that squad. And Arsenal were very visibly overpowered in that sense. And so the squad is changing. Torreira's a good addition, blah, blah, blah. But there is a, a lack of physicality in the team that I still think needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. But not a lack of effort, because this no. team is working very, very, very hard, which is something that you would not have labeled the Arsenal teams to be known for in the past 20-something years. True. 20-something, yeah. Well, okay, no, let's say 15. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. That's fine. Um, what, was, what was exciting about the, this early on, uh, from an Arsenal perspective, it was that Czech got injured. <laughs> now, I don't want to sound too harsh. He's been good in the last couple of weeks. He's been very good, actually. But... Everyone has wanted to see Leno step into this role. And yes. he was absolutely fantastic. It was sensational for me because I saw Twitter light up during the game. Leno, this is your chance. Leno, this is your chance. Don't mess this up. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I, I didn't realize, like, at that point, I only watched the second half. I didn't realize what happened. But it was just, everyone wants Czech to fail. They, they want Leno they, to succeed. They want Leno to succeed more than they want Czech to fail, but I think there are people that want Czech to fail. Like, yeah. It, it, it feels like that, and that, that's interesting. Yeah, well, because one leads to the other. Right. 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 But then those people are going to be in a bit of a bind when Leno makes his first like horrendous error, which will happen. Oh, you, you know? said when. Huh? Okay. It, got, it happens to everyone. <laughs> it happens to everyone. Um, that said, Leno was fantastic. He made some brilliant saves. One from Dini was incredible. Thank God, because if he scored, you wouldn't have heard uh-huh. about cojones and all that. Especially nonsense. because Dini is trying to get his media career going now. So he's on everything. The, the, he, he sounds more intelligent than he plays. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But did we discuss the stupid statement that he made the other on the last pod about England? I think we probably did. The World Because we talked about yeah, 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 record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'll forever hate him for that. Yeah, he was on, he was on something else recently and he tried to like make nice about Welbs. He tried to kind of smooth it over a little bit. But it's a bit late. Did And Welbs scored against Brentford in the League Cup, which was a pretty decent goal, actually. Yeah, I mean, that's not proving Troy Deeney wrong. But, I, I know, yeah. but Troy Deeney <laughs> didn't score for a long time, True. so he should go True. do one. Let's talk about, uh, we're talking about controversial characters, um, Aaron Ramsey. Mm-hmm. So it came out this week that, well, the report is that Arsenal had put a contract on the table um, and had since withdrawn it. Mm-hmm. Probably Ramsey took too long. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly took too long. There's six months left on a deal. But it seems decided now that he will not be signing a new deal, which mm-hmm. means he can sign a, a pre-contract with a club in January. He or could, go for peanuts. 
just leave. Right? Yeah, in in June. Mm-hmm. Now, as an Arsenal fan, I don't. I'm not particularly bothered about this. Mm-hmm. It's a waste of money if we don't get any money from him mm-hmm. for him. Uh, but and he's done some very good things with the club. But mm-hmm. he's never fulfilled his potential, and I don't think necessarily that he will. Right. Emery clearly doesn't see him as a central midfielder. He's mm-hmm. never playing him there. Mm-hmm. He's not particularly a number ten. You can't really play him out wide. He's just one of those players that is very difficult to fit into your system right. and not have it affect everyone else. Right. My question for you is, where would he go? Um, some of the rumors are, are wild. <laughs> I mean, there's this report that he wants to join Ox. I don't, Ox is in the hospital. I don't understand. <laughs> you don't want, I mean... Like, like Ox at Liverpool. And my, my first question is, he doesn't start. Well, does he start in that team? Maybe no. if Fabinho, Fabinho may or may not be... Good. We'll find out. Sure. But can, he's an upgrade on Jordan Henderson. Except Jordan Henderson probably plays a bit deeper than than Ramsey will. Yeah. Oh, Ram- Ramsey's not going to play your your deepest midfielder role. Yeah. I mean that that is the problem with Ramsey is his ill discipline. Say what you want about Henderson, but he'll yeah. do the job you ask he'll him to do. He'll do that job, and Milner will definitely do a job. Hell yeah. Keita seems well. He's been in and out of form, but probably is a more complete player than Ramsey. Wijnaldum. You still have Wijnaldum. He's probably fighting for that place. So he's still not starting. And then Ox to come back. Yeah. And then there was a rumor of Juventus. Which is just... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I don't get it. Imagine. I, I just don't get it. Imagine. Like, what are we talking about? Like, what are we talking about? The problem is, though, that like if Ramsey played for Juventus, who dominate most games... Like, he'd probably get 15, 20 goals. I'd love to see it. I'd really love to see it. Yeah, in a midfield, like we saw with Pogba, like in a midfield three where he has license to burst forward and join the attack, playing for the best team in the league by a mile. But where, but where does he actually play in that team? Because are you going to sell cash for him? That'd be Obviously crazy. not. They have Emery Chan, they have Mat- Matuidi. Is he going to play there? Thirty, Maybe Matuidi's older, but he can run still. He, he very much can. I don't know. I mean, Khadira is probably last season... Matuidi is actually like yeah. 32 so I don't know but it's a 4-3-3 system as yeah. long as Ronaldo is still there yeah and not behind bars which we'll get to <laughs> but it's I, I, and then there's a third team which is United, which to be very honest sounds more plausible because they just do stupid things and then you're going to have a midfield of Pogba and Ramsey and Matic just all at sea by imagine, himself imagine Jose Mourinho trying to get the best of Aaron Ramsey, Paul Pogba, and Alexis Sanchez in the same team. I think I'd die. I, Imagine. I, th- I think he might, he would bring him in and then say, you can sell uh, Pogba all you want, and then we have to sign two, two players to unlock Aaron Ramsey. Absolutely. Which I'm not into. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently one of them is Oxlade-Jamblin. So, um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. What was funny about it in this game is that Ramsey was substituted 60-something minutes, I think, mm-hmm. for Iwobi. Uh, Ramsey shook his head in disappointment when he came off and Iwobi went on to change the game and made the two goals so yeah, he should him. probably come off the bench Iwobi you need an upgrade on, on Iwobi which is probably about my anyway so yeah it's, I think it's fair par for the course alright back to back clean sheets for Arsenal uh, which is kind of crazy they coincide with Rob Holding being in the team so that's a thing and Emery knows how to inspire the best out of young players. So. I guess so. Yeah. All right. Um, their North London rival Spurs went away to Huddersfield, who are shit this yep. season, and beat them 2-0. Very uneventful game. They scored the first two goals, or the, the two goals, in, I think, 38 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was dead after that. Spurs are boring. I'm yeah, sorry right now. To no, say. I, sure, I, right I now. used to enjoy watching Spurs, and 
of the big teams, I probably enjoy them the least after Manchester United. <laughs> they, they really are not enjoyable to watch right now. And Harry Kane is stat padding at this point. Like, he's not playing well. D- don't let anything deceive you. Harry Kane is not playing very well. This was the best he's played in weeks. And that's shocking. Which is not saying that much. Also, Huddersfield, again, rubbish. <laughs> They're really going to struggle this season. Um, unless, you know, there's some kind of miracle. Um, one stat, though. No player has provided more Premier League assists for another player than Trippier for Kane. I think it was seven in the last like season or something. Ah. So that's that's a nice little link up that's going on. So if you think like why haven't Spurs bought a better right back than Trippier, it's probably because he crosses it to Harry Kane a lot. Yeah, probably he's a very good right back, unlike some others. But I won't get into that. Serge Aurier? Hmm? Well, no, he's he shit. Oh, Valencia? Hmm? Well, he's shit. Who are you talking about? Just some people that play in Manchester City. Okay. It's all good. Cut. Wow, oh, you're still on the Trippier is better than Kyle Walker thing. Unbelievable. I, I, I'm, I am softening my stance on that by the week. I should hope so. But I still haven't seen Walker do anything useful this season, so it's, I'm holding on. Fair enough. Um, something that will concern Spurs fans is that Vertonghen seemed to pick up a knock, and he's been, along with, I would say, Ericsson and Kane, one of their best players the last couple of years. Vertonghen has been an unbelievably good centre-back. Absolutely. And they've got Barcelona in midweek. Barcelona will we might touch on later if we have time, but they have been in bad form in La Liga. Yeah. But you don't want to go into that without your best players. Yeah. The best player of all time to ever play the game and lace up boots had to save them. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the last I'll say about them. All right. He will be up against Ben Davis on Tuesday or Wednesday. So. Betting on Ben Davis. <laughs> you always do. <laughs> all right. Man City against Brighton. Um, speaking of Kyle Walker, he was bossing it from central midfield. Inverted fullbacks all the way on this one. This is why I hate Pep Guardiola. Like, stop with this hipster stuff that works. I'm tired of it working. It's so annoying. I want to hate you, but it's hard now. Brighton had 20% possession, man. Like, Mm -hmm. after 60 minutes of that, I might just leave. (laughs) Like, what's the point? You're playing football so that you can play with the ball. If you're not going to do that, you might as well do athletics or something. Sorry, there are certain managers who believe that the opposition having the ball <laughs> means they're going to make more mistakes. Yeah. So, <laughs> not everyone plays to have the ball. City made 851 passes. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's disgusting. And a couple of them went into the net. Aguero and, and Sterling with the goals. Sterling and Sané seem to be coming into some seriously good form. Yep, yep. Sané coming into form is very, very scary. Very, very scary. Sterling... <laughs> Frodo goat, very. We'll see if we if we have that conversation. He's first. goating right now. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, I, I saw a tweet that was was startling when I saw it, but it was thought provoking at the same time. The question was: Is Sergio Aguero the most underrated player in the Premier League? And you think with his goal record, he plays for City, he's won the league, he has Aguero. He's probably not. But when people name best strikers to ever play in the Premier League, he never enters a conversation. Who does? Well, Thierry Henry enters that. Alan Shearer enters that. Uh, Rooney gets into that with his goal record. Andy Cole gets in there. And then you hear Michael Owen, even though he was never not around for all that long. Right. But Aguero's name almost never comes up. It definitely needs to. Harry Kane's name comes up every now and then, which is crazy to me. But why no love for Aguero? Like, what is it about him? Is he just so unassuming and nice? He is unassuming. He's also little. There's nothing flashy about him. Mm-hmm. He just bangs in 35 goals a year and <laughs> goes home, sits down. You never hear any stories about him other than that, you know, he had a kid with Maradona's daughter. 
unadvisable. Yeah. To be honest, Very but much so. <laughs> like you don't want that man as your brother-in-law, but he's done that. Um, I wonder if it's also because for his national team, no, like you have nothing to say about him because Lionel Messi is Argentina, and we don't see him on national. At least for France, Thierry Henry has it down, but Thierry Henry was the focal point up mm. front. So there was that. And but, won a World Cup and a Euros. Yeah, but there, there seems... I, I feel like that's it. It's more of on a global stage. People don't have anything to, to hold on to for Aguero. But. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I really can't put my finger on it. I think maybe you could argue that in his... He, he banked on City quite early. Him mm. and David Silva agreed to come and join this project before it was... They were like, we're going to be the ones to take them to that level. Mm-hmm. Not that they are on that level. Mm-hmm. So... A, that was quite a risk for them. But B, it meant that maybe the first two, three years of their City careers, they weren't at the biggest club. They were still, A, getting into the Champions League mm-hmm. and then finding their feet in the competition. So it might be different had he scored those goals for Manchester United. Fair. Or Chelsea. Um, but then, having that regular presence in the Champions League, that right. kind of thing. But I'm but just guessing. Have, I, I, would, I would suggest that maybe not within City itself, but across the Premier League... Vincent Company and David Silver are more lauded than Sergio Aguero is. And I find that strange with Company's never around because he's injured and David Silva is a wonderful player, but influence on the game, yeah. I go Aguero over David Silva for me. Because goals. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that, that's reasonable. I, I mean, maybe that has to do with the lack of, of really good quality centre-backs in the Premier League in the last however many years. Yeah, maybe. And maybe attacking midfielders. I mean, the Premier League didn't have attacking midfielders like David Silva until like you know the mid to late 90s when foreigners started coming in right so there isn't like that much history of these kind of players mm-hmm. so when David Silva comes into the league whenever it was like 20 2008 okay he's still like new and exciting whereas right. there had been goal scorers right. before again I don't know I'm just speculating right. but it, it's a reasonable point um, elsewhere in the Premier League, uh, Everton beat Fulham 3-0, Sigurdsson missed a penalty, then scored two goals. That is one way to make up for it. Yeah. Newcastle beat Leicester, uh, sorry, Newcastle lost to Leicester 2-0. Uh, Newcastle are in, are in serious trouble. Serious trouble, and there is hope on the horizon, apparently. Why? Uh, Peter Kenyon is apparently putting together a consortium to buy the club. I'll believe it when I see it. He's still going? It's like Voldemort. Like oh. He just disappears for a while and then comes well, back. He, he is a mobster, so <laughs> he needs something to do. Fair enough. Uh, James Madison, very impressive again, and Jamie Vardy seems to be finding his goal-scoring form. Wolves smash Southampton 2-0. Two, two goals in the last 10 minutes. Yep. Southampton need to sack... We say, we're going to say it every week until they do it. They've got to sack Mark Hughes. <sighs> Why they haven't done this by now, I have no idea. It, he, does, he didn't want to be there... In the first place. I don't think anyone wanted him there in the first place. Anyone wants him now. So just get it over with and let's move on. Exactly. Uh, and we'll do the same. There are a couple of other games, but they weren't worth talking about. Let's do Moomoo of the Week. I, I do Moomoo. <laughs> One thing we are no sha. Moomoo no fit sleep forever. One day Moomoo go wake up. Welcome to Moomoo of the Week, where we discuss... Off the field idiots. Mumu is pidgin English, which is Nigerian street slang for fool or moron. And uh, we discuss the fools and morons off the pitch of football. And this one makes me sad. It's Usually, a big one. we try to laugh at these things, right? Um, I'm not sure I can, but I'm, I'm sure I'll find some way, at, maybe at some point, to laugh about this. But it is Cristiano Ronaldo and the allegations of rape. 
Yep. Um, yeah, so this is pretty serious. Uh, a woman he met in Las Vegas in 2009 is now suing him. She's trying to get out of this agreement that they had. So she accused him of rape. Uh, and he and her, through lawyers, created this agreement that would pay her, I think, $375,000. To never mention her again. Yes. Um, she's obviously in breach of that now because she has mentioned it, given out her name. Uh, Der Spiegel, I think, is yep. a German publication that has run with the story. Um, so she has come back with receipts. Mm-hmm. And she's, there are statements from him that saying that she said no a couple times, but gave it to her up the ass. She presented herself, made herself available. And I'm not a bad guy 99% of the time. Something like this. Yeah. I, from what the documents say, and these are things that... These are answers recorded by the two. Mm-hmm. Legally signed. So Ronaldo has basically admitted this, according to the documents. Yes. So He has admitted she said no several times. Yes. Those are his words. Yes. So there, there were two sets of questionnaires. One where that statement appears, and later one where it does not appear. Um, the second one being later, yes. when his people, yeah, which, which is interesting. Did something about so it. there, there are multiple mumu parts of this. Firstly, is sexual assault. The second is, why would you admit to this? Like, if you're a celebrity, right? Why would you even admit to this? Like, is it, is it? You can make, you can say, I did not do this. And take it all the way, bury it in law, legal, whatever. As we've but, seen this week. Yes, exactly. In yeah. um, certain courts. Certain courts. But, but you, I just don't understand why you admit to it if you are, I, I don't know, whatever. But there also is potentially some context missing because we've only seen that portion. What else does it say? I'd be interested to find out what else all the documents say. I, I'm very intrigued by the story. And I think... The other mumu part of this, okay, equation is the media. I am perplexed mm-hmm. that this is not a bigger story. Yeah. This is the most famous athlete in the world. The most recognizable person. You think about LeBron James, this guy eclipses that. And this really hasn't gone anywhere compared to the, the, gra- the, the gravitas of who we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is interesting. It's very interesting. So, Dish Beagle is a big newspaper. And they were, I believe, one of the papers involved, you know, we were talking about this earlier, but when the WikiLeaks stuff came out, mm. um, the, they were one of a few newspapers around the world to be involved in that kind of investigative reporting. So they're a big deal. And they're a very respectable newspaper. They do their, their diligence. They do their work. Everything is checked. Mm. Everything is legal. And so it is curious that it hasn't been picked up on as, as widespread as you would Im- have imagined. Yes. For a story this huge. Yes. For an athlete this big. I mean, it when... Is, it does make you wonder why. And, and you touched on this earlier when we were talking about it off air, mm-hmm. but there does seem to be an element of people are scared to, to say anything about this. I, I truly feel that there are, the, the media is scared until they see more information. And there are two ways that can go. One could could possibly be that this story may not have as much obvious weight to it as we think, which is possible despite the statements. How that looks, I don't know, but that's possible. And maybe people are media media is scared to jump on this and make themselves look bad. 
That's one thing, which would support the fanboys. But the second thing is possibly they're just really scared of Ronaldo. Or his his and machine. Whatever his... And I didn't think that his machine was that strong, but perhaps it really is. Well, I wonder too whether... So, Ronaldo, you know, he's an athlete. He's also a massive brand. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of corporate interest at play here. Mm-hmm. Now, whether... He personally goes out, and you know this is speculative, but I don't. Whether he goes out and tries to get injunctions on this, that, and whoever, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But his his sponsors, his branding operations, mm-hmm. they're not going to let this this go down without fight, right? So I wonder what kind of obstacles they may have put in place here, because they will be doing everything they can to try and minimize this. Yes. And I, again, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what those are. But and, I would not be surprised if that was happening. Right yes. And, and for him to have the, the confidence to go on Instagram Live and say, this is all fake news, which is reminiscent of another mm-hmm. uh, alleged sexual abuser who's now president of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. But for him to be able to brashly say that either means he's incredibly stupid or incredibly confident. And my other moon in this is, is Twitter. Okay. I've seen a lot of Ronaldo fans, and by the way, if you follow this podcast, you will know that I am one of the biggest ones in the world. Mm. But there's a line for everybody. Yep. <clears throat> but there are Ronaldo supporters who are saying the only people going after uh, Ronaldo are Barcelona fans. <laughs> and, I mean, and I'm like, what do you mean? Who no, cares if they're Barcelona? Who cares? Yeah, the, the, it's actually it's actually deeply a troubling and b inappropriate and see insulting to reduce this to a football matter. Right. To, or or to, to kind of minimize it in that way. I don't care about Barcelona or Real Madrid mm-hmm. or your stance on this should not be influenced one iota by who you support or whether you think is a good football player. Right. It just has nothing to do with anything. Right. Absolutely. If this is true, the man did a horrendous thing and needs to be punished for it. And if it isn't, then that will be worked out. But it has absolutely nothing to do with football. Right. I, I think you have to look at it for what it is, which is a social issue and part of this Me Too movement that's happening where it's giving women the, the, the courage to step up. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to look at the flip side of this, potentially, apparently there's um, the lawsuit in uh, Nevada is looking to, I think, void the agreement. But then I saw something about 200,000 in punitive damages. And my brain goes why are we talking about damages here and, mm. and money if, if this is about clearing, getting this out in the open? I didn't understand that. I don't yeah. understand all the legal jargon, but there's a lot going on here. And I would be interested to see what happens here because the media, like we said already, is scared of this. At least that's what it looks like to me. looks like it. It could be sports media. I expected a Me Too dissection in CNN. Or The Guardian, right. or something like that. When Bill Cosby does something, it's there. If when and an actor, any actor, does anything, mm-hmm. like, like remote, there are articles and thought pieces about men and power struggles and all this, and we all know football is a very, very toxic masculinity type of environment. Mm-hmm. So I expected more, and, and we'll see what happens there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this is covered from here on out. <laughs> One thing where I know, Sha, Mumu no fit sleep forever. One day, Mumu go wake up. We'll move on to Ronaldo's team, Juventus. 
who uh, got a massive win mm-hmm. uh, against Napoli this weekend. Last time Napoli came to uh, the Allianz, it's called, right? Not the Juventus Stadium anymore. Oh, have they changed it now? Yeah. But, so there's two Allianz stadiums? Yeah, what, I think one is Allianz Stadium and one is Allianz Arena. By the way, when I was in Nice and driving through, I saw what looked like another Allianz. Well, it did say Allianz around it, and yeah. it was looked very circular, so kind of like the... Hmm. The two, I guess, yeah, that we've yeah. seen, and I wonder if that's where Nice play. I I don't know if it is, but it it looked like a football stadium. Too. Nice. So there are more of those. <laughs> if anyone knows, tell us. If you've been to Nice. Um, so last time Napoli uh, went to Turin, uh, they beat Juventus at home. I don't know if you remember that incredible Koulibaly header. Yes. Um, towards the end of last season, and Napoli thought they were going to go on and win the title, mm-hmm. and they royally messed it up, as they tend to do. Um, They've been playing well recently. Ancelotti's got them playing well, but they got murked here. I yeah. mean, they started quite well. Mertens put them ahead after just 10 minutes, mm-hmm. but then Ronaldo, well, Ronaldo had a massive hand in the comeback. Yeah. And Juventus ran out three more minutes. He went back to, a lot of people said he went back to Manchester United, Ronaldo, took a guy down the wing, drilled him a few times, put in a wonderful cross, and Mazukic made no mistake with the header. By the way, Mandzukic is underrated. Like, I think I think he's slowly starting to get the praise he deserves now. Is Ronaldo making him better? Is that is that possible? Yeah, it's possible. That's you get someone disturbing. like that who's who's like taking away a bunch of defenders, doing a lot of running or more running. Yeah, Mandzukic does. <laughs> Mandzukic is, yeah, I mean, he works very hard, but you know, he's not a sprinter. That's scary. But but the thing about Mandzukic is like he had a long and very good World Cup. And he's showing no signs of fatigue. Yeah. I mean, he might collapse in November, but for yeah. now he's doing incredible Absolutely. stuff. Um, so he got two. Uh, Bonucci got the third after uh, Mario Rui got sent off for Napoli. Mm. Another and, Ronaldo uh, header from a corner. Bonucci. Yeah. Well, Ronaldo had a hand in all three, which is, yeah, good yeah. <laughs> in that sense. Yeah, and he doesn't seem to be... Uh, Phased. Yeah. Uh, he seems to be celebrating other people's goals. He does that thing where he puts his hand up in the air after someone else scores. I think he's just saying, I got the assist. Right. Like, I'm not sure he's really right. celebrating the other person. It's a note to the stat man. Like, yeah. oh, wait, wait, that was mine. <laughs> note that down. Um, anyway, it leaves, it leaves Juventus uh, six points clear at the top of the table after only seven games. So, like, we, we discussed at the beginning of the season how the Ronaldo transfer to, to Serie A was interesting and kind of good for Serie A in mm-hmm. some senses, mm-hmm. marketing, commercial, commercial viability, but in the sense that it has further increased the gap. Yes. This, this may be quite bad. But it has further increased the gap without Juventus actually be getting into their final form. Mm. They haven't even gone Super Saiyan yet. <laughs> Super Saiyan. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, the other massive game on Saturday was uh, Roma Lazio. Lazio came into this, I think, four game, four wins in a row. Uh, Roma came into this without a win since the opening day. They've mm-hmm. been horrendous, mm-hmm. um, and they they beat them three one. The only good thing about victory. Roma has been AS Roma English on Twitter. True, they've been on an absolute roll recently. It's true. So there is that. But but yeah, th- this was a, a massive victory for Roma, who, who really needed it. Um, Lorenzo Pellegrini uh, scored the first goal back heel lovely, clever back heel Immobile equalised after Fred, Federico Fazio made the archetypal Fazio mistake where he just like loses the ball and then is slow as a donkey and can't get back in time to save it, it. it's been a while since we saw that so this was <laughs> this was a great return to form <laughs> it really was <laughs> and then Kolarov smashed in a free kick oh. and Fazio made amends with a bullet header in the last yep. few minutes so good for them good for Roma um, 
I mean, they still got a ways to go to get back anywhere near the, the title or, and, or the top four at this point. But uh, there you go. Um, Inter, 2-0 against Cagliari. They're starting to find some form. Yeah. And Milan, 4-1 win against Sassuolo. Milan aren't even in the top 10. Parma are, though, which is nice. Gervinho's, uh, Gervinho led Parma. Yes, got another <laughs> goal. It's incredible. I, I, I feel like if you have a lot of pace in Serie A, you clearly are very effective. Yes. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else has a lot of pace. I can't think of anyone. Well, else. when Salah was there, like he tore it apart. This is true. And he wasn't even that good technically at that stage. And this he would just rinse this it. This is true. Uh, anyway, that'll do for Italy, I think. Do you want to have a look at Spain? Uh, yep, yeah, let's do Spain real quick. Everyone is rubbish. Everyone. No one is exempt from this. I mean, let's look at this table here. Uh, Barcelona on 14 points. Madrid, 14 points. Doesn't sound too bad. Except for the fact that Sevilla have 13 points and Atletico Madrid have 12. And Alaves have 11. Legends. And they are in the running to win the league. <laughs> it's unbelievable. That would be the best story of all time. And uh, Real haven't won in four games. Barca haven't won in three games. I think they have a draw and, and loss between, like, both consecutive games for both teams have been a draw and a loss. This is a problem. It's incredible stuff. I mean, we, Mahanad and I especially said that this was the year that Atleti would have a real chance of winning the league because the other two might be a bit shambolic. Mm-hmm. And we seem to have been right about the other two. Yeah. But Atleti are equally shambolic. Exactly. Uh, and just, it's not even gotten that bad, really. I think they're both still, I mean, only one loss. But the fans, Real Madrid fans are already apparently calling for Ronaldo. Oh, no. <laughs> like, Two things. One, did you not read about his rape yeah, allegation? Read, read the news before you start calling for him to come back. And, and secondly, how shit are they? They're not <laughs> even that shit. Like, these it's, are fans that whistled him off yeah. at, at many points. I just find them ridiculous. Expecting logic from, from Real fans, sorry Raul, is a bit is a bit rich. This is true. But anyway. Raul is one of the few that yeah. we love. True. He's yeah. a real Raul, real something. Yeah. I wonder... No. What? No. What? I was wondering if Real Madrid fandom runs in his family because he's Raul and whether... You think Raul he was named after... Well, Raul didn't probably... I think he was born before Raul came in, but... Yeah, it would be interesting. How old do you think he is? Or what if he became a fan of Real Madrid because his name is Raul? We'll have to... Well, let's ask him and stop speculating about him yeah, publicly. Yeah, <laughs> Um, Alright, that'll do it for this week Um, What else can we tell you? October 17th at Opera Bob's in Toronto Is our uh, famous and and much enjoyed football trivia night The 8th trivia night Is it the 8th? The 8th Look at this consistency Unbelievable Um, Other than that, we'll see you next week Ciao Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. Yeah.